from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Good to have you alongside as we come to you from our Smoothie King Center studios today. Pelicans are at home, so therefore we're preparing for the big ball game tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm Sean Kelly. Daniel Sallerson's alongside today. In fact, Daniel's got a big interview uh, later on in the show. We told you about this yesterday. Uh, Daniel, one-on-one with Natalia, WWE star, talking WrestleMania about her career and whatnot. That's yours today on the Black and Blue Report. That'll help lighten up our Friday a little bit. And uh, we'll also hear from Monty Williams extensively today. I want to play for you what uh, occurred on his show last night, the Monty Williams radio show. So two segments with Coach Williams today. We'll talk about the road trip, talk about what's left on the season, a couple of different things. I think this is kind of a must-listen if you're a Pelicans fan today to catch um, two different segments with head coach Monty Williams as we uh, get ready for the Milwaukee Bucks and the six-game homestand tonight. And uh, Ron Foreman today as well. Ron Foreman, of course, a member of the LSED and, more importantly, with regards to our interview, president and CEO of the Audubon Nature Institute uh, the Audubon Nature Institute and the New Orleans Pelicans have teamed up for coastal preservation. And uh, one of their big events is coming up one week from tomorrow. That's the Toast for the Coast event. So we'll hear from our good friend Ron Foreman today. Football-wise, I guess probably you, a lot of you may have seen the tweet already. Uh, Lance Moore uh, tweeted out some goodbyes this morning. Goodbyes to uh, his times with the uh, New Orleans Saints and to the uh, Saints fans here today. There is no official word as of right now from the team. But uh, that tweet is out there from Lance Moore today. Otherwise, on the football front, free agency begins this weekend, and we'll uh, start to turn our focus to that next week. We also, speaking of next week, have some very special co-hosts coming in. Um, Do I even preview this at at this point, Daniel? Do I get to say it? Should I? Why not? Jason Smith will co-host on Monday. That's the first of five special co-hosts next week on the Black and Blue Report. So we're looking forward to having Jason alongside from uh, Studio B on Monday. Uh, Daniel's already efforting to find some good guests for Jason, Uh, some that we may find engaging and some that may be awfully surprising to Mr. Smith. We'll see how that goes. All right, so a lot on our plates today. Hope you're ready for the weekend. Um, As of our taping right now, the sun that was promised to us here on this Friday in New Orleans is not here yet. So hopefully this uh, show uh, yeah, brings a little sunshine to you and we have some better weather as we continue here from our Smoothie King Center studios. Ron Foreman, Monty Williams, and Natalia from the WWE. Stay tuned. We'll get it started with Mr. Foreman next. Pelicans fans, are you a sushi lover? Well, great news. Saki Cafe is now available at the Smoothie King Center. Visit us on game nights at section 114 on the lower concourse 
with some of our delicious offerings. We'd also like to invite you to a special happy hour this Saturday, March 8th, from 3 to 5 p.m. at our Kenner location. Come out to meet the Pelicans dance team for dollar beers, food specials, and for your chance to win Pelicans game tickets. 817 West Esplanade Avenue is the address Sushi. Saki, Pelicans and Fun. We'll see you there. New Orleans Pelicans season ticket holders are with the team at the perfect time. Our season ticket holders continue to enjoy benefits that include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions and merchandise, access to the Zataran season ticket holder pregame party, and much more. You'll want to be with us as we take this team to the next level. Plus, most season ticket holders renewing their seats by March 31st will lock in their current ticket pricing. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to renew your seats today. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report here on this Friday. A very special guest with us here. You may have uh, you may have seen him around town. You know, he's kind of a kind of a popular guy. Ron Foreman, our guest, president and CEO of the Audubon Nature Institute, among other things. Uh, Ron, are you one of those guys that has like 28 hours in the day? Because I don't know how you do it all. Well, Sean, first of all, everything I do, I have a lot of fun doing it. And whether it's sports or running zoos or aquariums, dealing with kids and education programs, watching sports, it's a great life. Were you were you as active uh, as a youngster as you are now? And I'm talking about, I guess, your sports background. Uh, actually, I did play ball, uh, but not quite to the level that I got past high school. Um, I was I was a decent ball player, but not a great ball player. But um, I still dream that one day, you know, maybe I could be point guard just for one game and um, get out there and have some fun. While the Pelicans were away, Ron Foreman and the Audubon Nature Institute and a lot of smart people got together and formed a new partnership between the New Orleans Pelicans and Audubon. Uh, maybe the, the, the simple good leadoff question here, Ron, is, um, is why? Why the partnership with the Pelicans? Well, Sean, first of all, uh, when you look at the history of sports, in our city and what Tom Benson and the team has done, you know, after the hurricane, it was a devastating time for all of us. And a football team came back and they said, not only are we going to be a football team and win football games, but we're going to lead the effort to rebuild New Orleans. And a lot of people think that winning the Super Bowl and getting all that good PR for our city sent the message to the rest of the country that New Orleans is back. And without professional sports and a football team, that would not have happened. The same message is now taking place with the New Orleans Pelicans with the renaming of the team and trying to do something for the community that's much bigger than basketball, and that is win win basketball games, win championships, but also lead the effort in saving our state through coastal erosion and um, wetland loss. Uh, We have one of the worst crises in the country right now with the loss of our ecosystems that if we don't correct soon, uh, New Orleans will soon be a city right on the Gulf Coast. Ron, I can hardly get my arms around the problem, let alone a solution. So I remember when Mr. Benson was ready to change the name of the team to the Pelicans, he was right out front saying that this was a much bigger thing than just the name on a jersey and everything else, which you're alluding to here. How can the Pelicans, Mr. and Mrs. Benson, and the Audubon Nature Institute make a dent or at least uh, try to tackle a problem that, at least in my eyes, seems so overwhelming at the moment? Well, the, the problem is a major problem, but there is a solution to the problem. And the solution talks about people being aware of what are the issues, what are the problems, and what are the solutions. 
our job with the Pelicans is going to be to get that message out to as many people as we can to tell them exactly what's going on, to get them involved. That gets them involved in elections of good elected officials. It gets us involved in in raising capital dollars, raising federal dollars, raising state dollars, raising private dollars. It just puts the emphasis by providing good communications to our community on exactly what needs to be done. And, you know, carrying the message, um, our basketball players are leaders in this city, and um, people look up to them. So when they say it, um, people listen. Interestingly enough, there's a big event coming up a week from Saturday at the Audubon of the Americas. I mean, excuse me, the Aquarium of the Americas. Uh, Ron Foreman, it's the Toast for the Coast event. And as I've been uh, broadcasting the Pelicans games, I, I read the, uh, I guess, the the promotion for it. And I'm very excited to say that the proceeds of that event will go towards these efforts. And again, again, uh, Tom Benson, Gail, Rita, uh, the whole team stood up and said, you, you know, we're not only going to put our name behind it, but we're going to raise money to help the effort to do these education programs to reach these kids. And so with this fundraising event, it's a chance to tell the story, but also to get other corporations involved in supporting the effort. And with that, um, we're committed to doing partnerships with the Pelicans, doing outreach programs, doing education programs, going into schools, telling the story that can make a difference. And with that, our game plan is work the Pelicans is to change the future of our state, that our wetlands will be preserved and will protect our coast for, for the next 100 years to come. Ron Foreman, the president and CEO of the Audubon Nature Institute, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Let me ask you a rather stark question, Ron, um, and that is this. Will you and I be alive to see these coastal wetlands preserved and, and secured, or is this a much bigger project that we need to make sure that those behind us carry on beyond us? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I very much are planning for you and I both to be alive and watching the um, the turnaround take place. The turnaround needs to take place now. Mm-hmm. This is not something we can wait 10, 20, 30 years for. The long-term solution may take 20, 30 years, but it's what we do today that will make a difference to the future. And we have the responsibility to our kids and our grandkids that we step up to the plate now. We don't we don't throw this responsibility to someone else. So I, I, I think that the effort is now, um, the urgency is now, and that we need to step up and make a difference now. I'm a little embarrassed to say that I have not been to the aquarium, the zoo, or the insectarium in quite some time. I know, I know. Uh, Anything new that you can pass along that I need to keep on my radar for the spring and summer? Well, actually, beginning tomorrow, this Friday, um, uh, which I guess is March the, I believe, the 7th or 8th, uh, we're opening a brand-new Mayan Caribbean exhibit and a tunnel of Caribbean fish at the Aquarium in the Americas. It's a beautiful new exhibit. Uh, it teaches about the coral reefs of that part of the world. It has beautiful colored fish. It's educational. It's fun. It's entertaining. Um, and uh, it's something worth seeing. So that'll be available this weekend. So you know what? I challenge you, Sean, to, to, to get your family and come visit this weekend. I will. The kids have not been there in a long time either. I think we'll head down there. That sounds exciting. And uh, I'll challenge everyone with your help to uh, join us for Toast for the Coast. That's on Saturday the 15th at the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas. A little different uh, format this year, Ron. I, I don't know if you've heard or not. It sounds like it's going to be a great night uh, amongst the water and the fishes and uh, with all the players, too. It's going to be a blast. You know, the aquarium is closed to the public at nighttime, 
So the fact that, that our guests will have the entire aquarium to, to walk around, see the new exhibit, the Mayan exhibit, uh, meet the players, talk up the effort, and, and the whole thing is, is through an effort to um, raise money to do education programs to teach our kids the importance of protecting our coast. All right, the details and the sign-up and the whole nine yards is at pelicans.com. Ron Foreman, thanks for your time today. I know you're an extremely busy man. We can't wait to see you next week, sir. Sean, I look forward to seeing you at the games. Absolutely. Ron Foreman, the president and CEO of the Audubon Nature Institute, our guest. Black and Blue Report continues on this Friday right after this. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Intergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Intergy. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report on this Friday, coming to you from our Smoothie King Center studios, or thanks to Ron Foreman for stopping by. As promised, an extensive visit with Monty Williams here on this Friday. This is from the Monty Williams Show, which airs on Thursday nights at 8 Central on WWL-FM. Uh, a lot to cover here, so this is what we talked about yesterday. Coach, I, first of all, it feels good to be home, number one, but... As you look back now on that long road trip, what comes to mind? Gosh, the games that we gave away. You, you just look at the, the Phoenix game, up by 10 points, have the game under control, and that game keeps me up at night. Sacramento game, up by five, and in a matter of two-plus minutes, we're down nine um, and never could get back into the game. And at the same time, I'm, I'm really happy about the way we closed the trip with a, a win against a Laker team that went up to Portland and, and beat them the night before. We come off a tough loss, and guys could have mailed it in. Um, it just speaks to the character of our team and our coaches, coaching staff, our assistants, to you know help us get these guys ready to play on nights like that and put up 130-something points. and. Uh, beat a tough Laker team on their floor. The, the things that made you wring your hands during the road trip, did you have any fear when you got on the practice floor with your guys today that the, the win over the Lakers made let them forget that there were some things that didn't go so well? Yeah, and that's why, you know, I'm the village idiot. You know, I, I tend to not let those things uh, go by the wayside. Um, we spent a lot of time today talking, drilling um, the things that we can correct um, that we didn't do well on the road, um, whether it be our pick and roll defense, um, rebounding um, was a big deal on the road trip. And um, we are undersized, but we, we can do a lot better job uh, rebounding and then shot selection. Um, 
you know, we had some guys shoot poor percentages on the road in a couple games, but a lot of it was bad shot selection. The good thing, as you mentioned, was the Laker game um, in a lot of ways. When, when you watch that game film, do you find yourself saying the game played out that way because of that's who the opponent was and everything else? Or do you sit there and say, gosh, I wish we'd play like this more often? And can you? Part of it, yeah, offensively, if we can be that efficient, where we have three or four guys play the way we had Tyreek, Eric, um, AD, and Brian. Um, Amo comes off the bench, gives us production. Uh, Jeff Withy was good. Um, there's no other way to put it. Um, defensively, to start the game, we were sound. Um, the score is a bit weird because there's so many possessions when you play against the Lakers. And there's, then there's the side of me that, you know, we have to be better. Um, Eric gave up a couple back doors. You know, that's something that we drill and drill, and yet <laughs> – for whatever reason, the Lakers always get somebody in, in a backdoor situation. Those are the things that um, keep coaches up at night because everybody's <laughs> sitting on the sideline like, how can they let that happen? Don't they teach that? And, and we're like, yeah, we did it like 30 times. Um, so we, we have some things to be proud of, yet uh, when you go one and four on a trip, you lose eight in a row, that's a – that sticks in your crawl a little bit, but you know, as we've dealt with the heavy stuff this year, we got to continue to move forward, be positive with our group, and um, we're going to win more games with that mode. Of significance on the road trip was your insertion of Tyreek Evans into the starting lineup. How has that changed the way that you call plays? Sheesh. I mean, it's a it's a different deal for me because I'm I'm getting used to playing coaching. Um, these guys who really don't fit my style of coaching. And um, that's one of the things we're going to have to address this summer is bringing in guys who fit me more than me having to fit these guys all the time. And um, that that's where I have to make some adjustments to my play calling and put the ball in, in their hands uh, where they can be effective while having great ball movement. And so a lot of the things we've put in, our offensive package has changed so much from the first day of training camp because our team has changed. So the next couple of weeks, you're going to see plays that you have never seen before um, from our group because I've had to just go back and get in the lab and just say, okay, that doesn't work with this group. we got to work with this. Giving AD the ball at the top of the key and letting him play more. Uh, putting the ball in Tyreek's hands a little early in the shot clock, praying to God that he, that he doesn't dribble the air out of the ball. Um, those are the things that we, as a staff, that's what we get paid to do. you got to make those adjustments on the fly and get the most out of your talent. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout, and then when we come back here on the Black and Blue Report, the rest of my visit on the Monty Williams Show with the Pelicans head coach. I pledge. I pledge. I pledge. App Legions. App Legions to NBA Game Time. The official app of the association. One app. 30 teams. With video. And live scoring. And stats. And custom alerts. And up to the second NBA. For all. For all. For all. Pledge your App Legions. Download the official NBA Game Time app on your phone or tablet's app store right now. Take the pledge. With NBA Game Time. The official app of the NBA.
Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight Friday night, March 7th, when the Milwaukee Bucks come to town. It's Pelicans Dance Team Night at the Smoothie King Center. With the first 10,000 fans in attendance, receive a Pelicans Dance Team poster. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the Pelicans Fest pregame block party getting underway at 5.30, featuring live music, the Zatarain season ticket card, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $16 and are available now at pelicans.com. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the program. Coming up, Natalia from the WWE, but we continue on a more serious note with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. Here's part two of my interview with him last night on his radio show. Coach, I thought you said something rather profound the other night. Um, yes, not, not a oh, but it kind of hit me and it made a whole lot of sense. If you recall the other night, you had said that the development or growth of Anthony Davis is quite different if Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson were healthy this year. On top of that, <clears throat> you said that that has allowed him to kind of establish himself as the quote-unquote franchise player and that now all the adjustments have to circle around him as a result. Is that something you've thought all along, or is that something that just has kind of hit you here of late? No, I, you know, I, I held Anthony back last year with the idea of allowing him to be the guy um, at the right time. Um, but I don't think he would have had this spurt had Ryan, especially Ryan, if Ryan was on the floor, AD doesn't get to grow as much as he has. Um, because Ryan, for whatever reason, the ball finds him or he finds the ball. Uh, Drew is an all-star, and yet AD is a special player. And I think as an organization, as a staff, as a team, we have to understand that he is the guy. And this has been a blessing in that we all know now there's no discrepancy. That that kid made the all-star team in the West with the fours and the forwards that we have. There's no if, ands, or buts. And I, I just think it would have stunted his growth or held him back, or there would have been this unknown if we would have had Drew, Jason, and Ryan on the floor because AD's had this chance to just step ahead of the crowd and say, this is my team. That class of player that you're talking about can demand the ball. Yeah. Are we there yet with him? Can he demand the ball from this team? He can, and I've given him the freedom to do so. Um, you know, we play through him a lot, he and Eric. And, and, you know, what is really lost in this is Eric doesn't get enough credit for his, his sacrifice has allowed AD to grow. And I don't think he's gotten enough credit. Eric's a guy that can go for 20, 25 every night, get up 20 shots. But he looks for AD. And he's one of the few guys, he and B-Rob, they look for him every time down the floor. So AD's a guy that can demand the ball anytime he wants. Don't take this the wrong way. Um, you speak of Eric Gordon like that. Has he opened your eyes a little bit this season? After what it all had transpired with what he had to go through physically and everything else, has he opened your eyes a little bit? Man, I've been telling people from day one. I, I, you remember, I got questions about, you know, why do you support him after what he said and all this stuff. I used to watch Eric when I was in Portland. 
And so I saw this guy that was even better than what we're seeing now. I mean, Eric and with the Clippers was a monster. And he's starting to get back to that. And so I'm not surprised. And, and I, I, I have an idea of who he can be as a player. And that's why I push him. And that was what I, you know, I told him last year when everybody thought we had this big blow-up between he and I. I was like, that's my job to have blow-ups with these guys. I got to make them better players. I don't need to be their friend. I need for them to be effective. And I still don't believe that we've seen the Eric that I, I, I used to watch with the Clippers. I mean, that, that Eric used to go upstairs and dunk on people, and he was about as explosive as anybody in the league. I mean, they used to compare he and Wade um, in, their, in, in Wade's prime he looked just like Eric, and Eric has abilities that we haven't even tapped into yet. Interesting. 21 to go. Um, I've heard you have several conversations with the media about the balance between I want to win this game, this possession, this quarter, and I've got to make the most sense out of what's left of the season and everything else. Um, let's just take the homestand coming up. Um, what, is, what is there to take, or what is there for the taking, I should say, when you look at it that way? We, we want to win games. Obviously, there's never been any pressure from Mickey to me about developing um, this guy or that guy because we're doing that anyway. I mean, before the season started, we had the youngest team in the NBA. And then we lose, you know, our leading scorer, starting point guard. You're in development mode right away. And so Brian's being developed still. Um, we, we know that he can be a player in this league every night. Um, Eric and AD have had a chance to carry the weight. Putting Tyreek in the starting lineup, that's a whole different uh, development for me as a coach and for Tyreek. Um, then you have guys like Jeff Withy, who we, you know, we want to take a look at down the stretch. Lexi, um, a guy we just brought over here. People forget in October he was in France not even knowing that he'd be playing in the NBA. So we've been developing for a long time. To me, that doesn't mean you can't go after the games. It, we already have the guys that we're developing in the games while we're trying to win. Um, I think it's a bit different than it was last year where we probably put guys in positions that they had no idea what to do. This year, I think they have a, a bit more of an idea because they've been in the, in the deep water for a little bit. So there is a difference between last spring and this spring, even though it seems easy to label them as the same thing? It, it, a little bit, just because AD has more experience. Austin has a little more experience. Brian does. Um, but then there's guys like Luke, Lexi, who, who've just been in our program for a couple months, Jeff Withy. Um, those three guys are, are just starting to figure out what we do on a day-in and day-out basis. Tyreek is still like looking at me like I'm, you know, teaching him Chinese arithmetic some days. And he, he's starting to figure it out a little bit. So we are developing. We are moving um, in a direction of building this thing. It's just been – there's been so many unforeseen hiccups that you can't plan for. I mean, nobody planned for a guy like Drew Holiday who's, who never misses practice, never misses a game to have the injury he had. Uh, nobody knew Ryan was going to get clocked and be out for the year. Those things are are uh, unforeseen, but yet you have to deal with them. I mean, you can even go back to the summer. Nobody 
would have ever thought that Ryan would lose his girlfriend and have that kind of tragedy before the season. I mean, that was that's something that we had to deal with as an organization and kind of regroup, and it sent us in a different direction for a little bit. Coach, as always, um, we're out of time. <laughs> There's so much more to talk about. Um, all the best this uh, homestand. Go get them tomorrow night against Milwaukee. Now. Yeah, we plan to. It's good to be back with our fans. Thank everybody for supporting us. I know it's been a rough eight games, but we've our guys are fighting. And uh, as I always say, if you, you want to blame somebody, it's, it's right here. And I, I take that on because I want to make you guys proud. But I do understand the frustration. But we are going to make you proud if we haven't already done that. They're right there with you, Coach. Good luck. Thank you. Again, the Pelicans are back in action tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. This is the second and final meeting between these two this year. The Pelicans will be looking for a season sweep of Milwaukee. The Bucks have not won here in 10 years. Ten straight wins for the Pelicans over the Bucks at the uh, Smoothie King Center, or formerly the New Orleans Arena. It is Pelicans dance team tonight. First 10,000 fans in the building get this year's New Orleans Pelicans dance team poster. Tickets start as low as 16 bucks. There are still some available for the 7 o'clock tip-off. When we come back, Daniel Salerson in the chair and talking with Natalia of the WWE. WrestleMania is one month away, and Daniel will visit with her right after this. Pelicans fans, are you a sushi lover? Well, great news. Saki Cafe is now available at the Smoothie King Center. Visit us on game nights at section 114 on the lower concourse for some of our delicious offerings. We'd also like to invite you to a special happy hour this Saturday, March 8th, from 3 to 5 p.m. at our Kenner location. Come out to meet the Pelicans dance team for dollar beers, food specials, and for your chance to win Pelicans game tickets. 817 West Esplanade Avenue is the address. Sushi, Saki, Pelicans, and fun. We'll see you there. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Being someone who is attending WrestleMania in about a month, I was excited to find out about interviewing this wonderful lady. She is a former Divas champion and is one of the main stars on the show Total Divas, which airs on E! She is Natalia. Natalia, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, let's start with your background for some of the fans uh, who might not know a lot about wrestling. You are the first third-generation female wrestler in the world, and most fans would recognize the name Bret Hart, who is your uncle. And it seems like you've been around wrestling your entire life. What has it been like growing up around a family of wrestlers? Well, I mean, being a diva in the WWE, I have been surrounded by WWE superstars for a better portion of my life, and it's, it's great. I feel at home, and I feel like... I don't know. I just feel like very privileged and, and blessed to be a part of such a special world because not everybody can be, not everybody can, you know, <laughs> um, wake up and, you know, say, I'm going to work with John Cena and, you know, I guess they have Mark Henry and catering and I'm going to go in the ring and do what I love and have fun. Like going to work is not work. So it's great. When did you know you wanted to be a professional wrestler? Uh, when did I know? Yeah. 
Um, you know what? It's funny. I didn't always grow up as a you know five-year-old going, I want to be a lady wrestler because we didn't really have lady wrestlers when I was five years. I mean, we had lady wrestlers, but not divas. Right. And being a diva is really what, you know, I feel like what I am. Um, I can do it all. I can wrestle. I can speak. I can, you know, go and, you know, go to different charities. And, and you know, being a diva, we kind of have to be multi-talented. But um, it was sort of a transition when I was in my teens, when I started watching girls like Trish Stratus and Lita and Molly Holly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of go, wow, they're not just, you know, they're not just women that go in and fight. They're beautiful. They're strong. They're empowering. So they, you know, they really embodied everything that I wanted to be. Now, what about the training that goes into it? I mean, you've trained in the infamous Heart Dungeon, you, you know, being the first woman to do so. There's, I don't think people realize how much training goes into being a WWE superstar and a diva. So, how, I mean, you can talk about how much training you have to go through um, to be a WWE superstar. Yeah, there's a lot of training that we do. And, you know, it takes years and years to be, you know, really skilled. But um, for me, I trained in the dungeon. I trained with WWE. I trained in Japan. And you're always training. You're always bettering yourself. The minute that you think that you have it all figured out is the minute that you should probably leave. So I'm always working on upping my game. And then that's what's going to make me the best. We're talking with WWE diva Natalia and uh, Natalia, my wife and I watch Total Divas on E. I think it's a it's a pretty cool show because it takes you behind the scenes of the life of a diva. And I know you're used to having cameras around you, but is it kind of different um, having cameras on you behind the scenes and going into your personal life a little bit? Of course, and it's like you you kind of you know what you sign up for. And when I was asked to do Total Divas, you know it's it's what I signed up for. So. I agreed to do the show, and, you know, you kind of get used to the cameras, but it's nice because people can see what we're really like at home. They don't, you know, sometimes if you just watch Raw or SmackDown, you might not really know what Natty's like because you just see Natty in the ring, and that's not really all who Natty is. Right. So you can see all the imperfections and all the things that make us human, and I think it's really important for people to realize we're not just pretty girls that go in there and have the world handed to us. Mm-hmm. We work hard, we fight, we struggle, we laugh, we cry, and we're human. And I think people connect to that more than anything. Before I ask you about WrestleMania, you are from Calgary, which uh, means I'm assuming you're a hockey fan. Are you a hockey fan? Yes, Calgary Flames all the way. Oh, boy. I'm I'm from Atlanta, but uh, Canada has taken two hockey teams away from Atlanta, and so one of them was the Flames. So, uh, ooh, not really a big Flames fan, just because you, uh, you stole some hockey away from me a long time ago. <laughs> But do you watch do you watch a lot of uh, basketball and football though? Is there any other sports besides hockey that you enjoy watching? You know, I really well, I love hockey, and I obviously am very loyal to the Calgary Flames. Um, my dad played in the NFL, so my okay. dad's always trying to get us into football. He played for the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders. Um, and also, I <laughs> I do a lot of Olympic powerlifting. Okay. So it's funny because John Cena is like everybody's big brother, and he's gotten us all into it. Mm-hmm. And so I love doing that. And my dad also did that when he was growing up, and he was, you know, a shot putter and a power lifter and a football player. So I'm really, I'm really into sports and being athletic and physical. I think my true, true love is definitely in the ring, though, as far as sports go. Absolutely. Of course, everyone is looking forward to WrestleMania 30. About a month away from now, you have participated and wrestled in WrestleMania. Can you talk about a little bit about your experience and what it's like under the bright lights and so many people watching? They they call it the Super Bowl of wrestling for a reason. Yeah, I mean it's nerve wracking. I'll tell you that much. It is really nerve wracking, but um, it's something that you know only a few people in the world get to experience and something I'll never forget. Um, I, my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 25. So it was 
again, an opportunity of a lifetime. And now we're going into this huge, pretty much, I'm going to say it's the biggest WrestleMania in the history of WWE, WrestleMania 30. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the WrestleMania, WrestleMania for WWE, it's like the Oscars for Hollywood. It's like the Super Bowl in football, but it's bigger. It's the biggest thing in entertainment. And to be able to perform in front of 80 thousand plus people live Mm -hmm. i can't tell you the adrenaline rush the thrill the excitement that goes into that it's it's something that most people will never ever get the chance to experience but i'm lucky enough that i get a you know be a part of it front and center and wrestlemania 30 is going to be unbelievable and new orleans is hosting uh wrestlemania it's first wrestlemania that they're hosting a big milestone for the city um last year they had raw they had elimination chamber it seems like new orleans now is starting to become a city where wwe fans can go to watch some events yeah, I think New Orleans is going to be great. And for everything that New Orleans has gone through, you know, with Hurricane Katrina and, you know, they, they've gone through a lot. And I think it's very symbolic of WWE giving back to the community. And so, you know, WrestleMania 30 is going to be another great example of that. And we're going to bring so much life to New Orleans. And I think New, New Orleans is going to give it right back to us. All right. Now, before I let you go, what is your favorite part about New Orleans? I'm sure you've been here a couple times before. Just what, what do you like about the city? Oh, you know what it is? It's the energy, and it's it's the, the enthusiasm that the city has, and it's just, you know, WWE is like no other, you know, no other, nothing in the world is like WWE, and New Orleans is so authentic. I was there one time um, outside of performing. I was there for um, a party. We were filming, actually, on Total Diva, mm-hmm. and I never had gotten to experience the culture of New Orleans other than just heading to an arena and performing in front of a live crowd. Right. And I couldn't believe how how energetic and how much life everybody had. And we went to Bourbon Street, and people were so excited, but also so gracious, mm-hmm. so humble, and so happy to, you know, just, you know, want you to experience it with them. And they've been through so much. I mean, they're, you know, New Orleans was really devastated by the hurricane. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they've persevered and rebuilt their, you know, rebuilt their city and, and just kind of, you know, kept kept their their spirits high no matter what they what challenges they faced. Again, it's very symbolic of um, of what WWE is all about: giving back to the community and finding the good in everything. So, New Orleans better be ready to party. That's all I can say. We are ready, and we can't wait to have you and the rest of the WWE superstars. That's Natalia from uh, WWE. She's also on Total Diva Show that airs on the Channel E. And uh, Natalia, best of luck leading up to WrestleMania, and thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. And like I said, everything from now until WrestleMania is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be pretty much uh, highs and lows and everything in between because <laughs> it's the road to WrestleMania. So do not miss any Raws or SmackDown because everything is going <laughs> down before Mania. Absolutely. Can't wait for that. Thanks, Natalia. Sean? Back to you. Daniel, thank you very much. Quite a mix today, wouldn't you say? Ron Foreman, Monty Williams, and Natalia from the WWE. All the best to you and yours this weekend. Hope you enjoy the weather. It's supposed to get better, I promise. Or they're promising us. Anyway, uh, plenty of football news. Stay tuned to uh, NewOrleansSaints.com as a lot of this will unfold uh, not only later today but throughout the weekend. And then back on the uh, Black and Blue Report next week, we'll really – Hit hard on the NFL, the Saints, free agency, the whole nine yards. And we'll start that with our special co-host on Monday, Jason Smith. Looking forward to that. That'll be a good time. Don't forget, Pelicans Bucks on your radio tonight, 7 o'clock, across the uh, Pelicans radio network. Otherwise, it's yours on Fox Sports New Orleans. Their coverage begins 
at 6.30 Central. For Daniel Sowerson, I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 